0: My name is Johan Norberg, and today is September 15th of 2018, and I'm here with... Nishi Basundiel. Uh, at... Um, at junior high school 126, John Erickson. Yeah. yeah. In Greenpoint. In Greenpoint. Mm-hmm. For the R Street Star Stories project at the Bro- Brooklyn Public Library. So what's your Brooklyn story? Um... When were you born? Where was I born? Yeah. Okay, so I was born in Guyana, South America. Okay. It's the only English-speaking country in South America, uh, in case you wanted to know. <laughs> um, and my parents came here when immigration was opened in 1972 and they happened to just come to Greenpoint. The reason why they came to Greenpoint was when immigration opened, was open to, uh, I guess, to the world, um, or maybe South Americans, Um, groups of Indian Guyanese came to Greenpoint Um, and my parents also followed those people so they were here from 70 to probably from 1970 is when that Indian Guyanese group of people came Um, and they settled on the other side of Greenpoint so that's closest the most northern point of Greenpoint Um, from Greenpoint Avenue all the way down to uh, Ash Street, Commercial Street actually, Um, you know in that little rectangular area between uh, Franklin and um, Kent. Uh, Yeah McGinnis, sorry McGinnis. And all the way up to Greenpoint and and beyond actually by the park here which is really really cool. So that's a part of Greenpoint Uh, the, the Greenpoint history that nobody talks about that I I'm just like, you know what, it's, I wonder if it, it's because we're people of color, <laughs> that nobody ever talks about it. So it's only recently that I started thinking about this, because there were some articles in the Greenpoint Gazette, the online Greenpoint Gazette, uh, and this one particular Polish guy said, what happened to my grandfather's neighborhood? And I was reading it thinking, you know what, nobody's ever written about, or nobody's ever mentioned this group of Guyanese people that used to live here from the 70s up until maybe about the uh, early 90s, really early 90s, uh, these, this group of people came um, and everybody, all the immigrants at that time, every one of them, the Irish, the Italians, the, the um, Puerto Ricans who came, people worked hard. So my parents had two, four jobs, two jobs. They worked hard, they saved their money. We just happened to stay where we were because my parents got a divorce and my mom had to raise six kids. Anyway, so to make a long story short, people that we knew worked you know, constantly, saved their money and moved to Queens or Long Island and bought houses. Because that was what they wanted to do. They came to America to have a better, you know, be in a better place, be in a nicer area. Be in, it's what every immigrant wants. So they decided, most of, a lot of those people moved out to Queens, uh, and that was probably from the 70s to, like I said, the, like a 10, 12 year period. There were even Guyanese restaurants down that way, Indian Guyanese restaurants down by, by me. But nobody ever talks about them. <laughs> we, all we hear about are, are the Polish immigrants. Yeah. That's all we hear about. We don't even hear about the Irish. We don't hear about the Germans. Um, who were here, That there were Irish gangs and there were German gangs, Puerto Rican gangs, especially down by me. That's why it was dangerous. Okay. That's why people, when they talk about it being dangerous, that's, that was the dangerous part. Okay. Because there were some serious gangs there. And my friend Martin will tell you the names of the gangs. Um, <laughs> because he lived on a street, he was Polish, uh, he is Polish, he lived on the street, the same street I live on his whole childhood and he'll tell you all that stuff, and I really hope he comes uh, in interviews you know, with you. So um, that's a part of the, the Greenpoint Brooklyn that nobody talks about that infuriates me because I'm a person of color, and I think we just kind of got overlooked, you know? Um, and I think that's the history. It's the history of colored people anyway. <laughs> so I'll leave it at that for that. <laughs> yeah. um, how was it growing up? Um, so I came when I was seven going on, uh, eight going on nine, and um, my point of view was from that age we thought about going to school, getting back home to school safely. Um, so we just, my brother and I uh, would just go to school, we'd go to school together and then we'd play a little bit in the schoolyard and go back because there were kids who were constantly teasing us because we were you know always telling us to go back to your country that kind of thing so we just didn't want to be around so we would just go back home and, and uh, do our do our thing um, so we kind of saw it in a in a very different way that than a lot of other people um, because we were the foreigners um, but we were still accepted in certain in certain circles we were still accepted there weren't there were people who, uh, our language at the time was a, a pidgin creole, so it was more broken English than it was you know, this English that we're speaking right now, but you know, it took us, it was quick, we ad- adapted very very quickly and uh, my brother as he got older my, my other brothers as they, as they got older, they were constantly in fights you know, of people stealing our bicycles, people you know doing things to us that were not cool, not nice. Uh, so we we just didn't really see all of Greenpoint in this, in this in, 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 in ways uh, that were nice. Um, but I, I wasn't thinking about crime until you mentioned it because my brothers got beaten up all the time. Whenever we got bicycles, they got beaten up all the time. And it was so bad that one of my brother, uh, one of my brothers ended up um, Going to school and became an expert in jujitsu and karate and kickboxing, and so he was—he was so good at it that he went on um, on tours. So he was, and he would kick their butts. we got, whenever we got um, threatened by somebody, my brother was there to rescue us. <laughs> it became so bad. But afterwards, you know, I mean, we remember walking down Manhattan Avenue and seeing the Five and Dime stores, um, and we would go in, and that was our entertainment, was going into those stores with big white eyes and seeing all this stuff around. Um, this was my, my younger brother and I.
1: But the other ones,
0: their point of view, I don't know what their point of view, they, they would probably give you different stories, right? But that was my point of view. Was that it was magical going into these stores because it was better than being in our house. <laughs> our house was a prison. Our apartment, our railroad apartment, was sort of like a prison. And so going into the stores and and spending time in the store, wandering on the aisle and watching, looking at every single piece of thing that was on the counter. It was just incredible. <laughs> um, and you know, it was it was. I don't know what to say about it, I really don't know what to say about it, except that it was, um, you know, this little kid's inner world of all these fanciful things in the store that I never never knew existed. Um, And it was only until uh, graduation from fourth grade, it was, uh, fourth grade? No, fifth grade, um, when we started, I started in third grade. So when we started um, opening up and seeing what the world was like, that's when we started going to the roller rink, which is now uh, Rite Aid. Uh, the pharmacy, yeah. Yeah, it's now the pharmacy. We used to go to the roller rink. <laughs> <laughs> we used to come to this pool. Um, pool closed down, I think, in uh, 80. I think it was 80, I'm not sure. But we would come to the pool. Uh, that was uh, like the second year or so we'd come to the pool, all of us. Um And it became more of a magical world, uh, you know, where we saw so many different people. We saw white people, we saw um, (laughs) black people, we saw Chinese people, and then we saw ourselves. And we thought this was, for me, I thought this was fantastic. This is really a different world. It's just so magical because there are all these different people from God knows where, here. And it, it was great. It was really fantastic. And for me, I thought people actually got along more as I got older, as opposed to being my brothers being um, beaten up or you know snowballs being thrown at us for random reasons. Yeah. Um, you know, and later on, as I grew older, I, I kind of knew why we were treated the way we were treated. I figured it was because of our color and because you know my parents always instilled in us education is extremely important. You need to go to school, do your homework, and do the best that you can because we want you out of here. We want you to do better. That's why we came here. Um, And we always did. All of us always did. And, And I think people were just, the kids who threw snowballs at us, who pushed us, who pulled our hair, you know, did whatever they did, were just jealous because we were these foreigners coming in um, and you know doing really, really well and getting the awards and getting you know, all of those things, and that's why they did that t- to us. Um. Okay, so how has the neighborhood changed over the oh. years? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine there has been so, changes going on. Yeah, so um, I think it was about, when I started going to high school, um, more and more people were moving out. That's when I, we began to, I began to notice that more and more of the Indian community, community was moving out. And actually, when more of the Slavic community people were coming, because it was, I think in 86 was Perestroika, right? Uh, that's when the wall came down, the Berlin Wall came down. Yeah. And so there were more and more um, Slavs coming in and Germanic people coming in. Um, and that's when it became more of the Polish community. I mean, when you speak to Poles, they'll say that it was a Polish community, but it was more of an immigrant community of all those people. And then all the, you know, during that time is when the Poles and uh, Russians and, you know, not, not I don't think there were many Russians, but the Slavs were coming in and it became more of a Polish community then. But it's changing now, I mean, my husband uh, came He moved here from Ohio in 1994, Um, and we met actually the first year that he moved here, Um, and he lived on the other side of Manhattan, the yeah the other side of McGinnis, which is where the um, uh, what is it called the incinerator? There was an incinerator where the what sewage treatment plant is now, the Newtown Creek. Uh, plan is, there was an incinerator there, (laughs) Um, instead of that, and we would smell, you know, the sewage, at a certain time, you'd smell the sewage, and you'd just deal with it, you'd just have to deal with it, but he moved there, um, and so I would, he would call me, I lived on Greenpoint, and he would call me on Huron Street, actually, India, and he'd say, come down, I'll meet you at India, and then we'll walk over, because it's dangerous. Um, and at first I thought, uh, it's not that dangerous, okay, I could do it, you're the one that should be scared, not me. <laughs> because at the time back there, it was primarily um, uh, Puerto Ricans, okay. it was primarily Puerto Ricans um, who were not nice. <laughs> so we would just meet there and we'd walk over and then eventually, you know, I, I to uh, convince him that I'm fine. Don't worry about it. It's you're the one that really should be watching out for yourself. Um, so it's changed. We noticed it changed. We got married in 1997, and we noticed it changed in 1997. Actually, when we bought our house out there, yeah. people were being uh, were leaving, and it seemed like they were leaving on, yeah, on us. They were leaving to who knows where, uh, because more and in that area, past India Street, more and more Poles were coming in because people, like I said, the Indian community was, they were renting apartments and they had their own homes, some of them, but they were buying places in Queens, so they were moving. And so these buildings were cheap. So these people that were coming in were doing the same thing that we did, the Poles. They were working two, three jobs, saving their money money and buying uh, buildings there. So that's what was happening. And it was changing the whole dynamic so it became safe because white people were moving in, (laughs) okay? That's the the truth of it. Um, So that's, it was around 1997 that it was becoming, we saw the changes, even he saw the changes. He's like, this is really changing. This is an incredible area. You know, the water's right, the river's right over there. Downtown Manhattan and midtown Manhattan's right over there. I don't understand why this isn't a better neighborhood. Well, he shouldn't have said that because now it's completely changing. Um, which we don't really like that much because we used to know people. It was a neighborhoody place. Families yeah. were around and you know, everybody knew everybody it seemed, even if people didn't like each other. We knew everybody. And then you know, I think in like two two thousand one or so is when two thousand five I would say is when we started seeing more and more people coming in and we surmised that it's people from Williamsburg. The artists from Williamsburg who were looking for cheaper and cheaper places. Um you know, because Bedford Avenue was, like Daisy was saying, kind of, it was pretty scary. It was um, scary because, again, it was a Hispanic community. It was a Puerto Rican community, and people have fear about that. (laughs) Uh, So people were moving over, the young white artists who were coming in, were moving over to Greenpoint. And, you know, wherever there are artists and wherever they move, things change. And so that's what was happening. We just started noticing that in like a, like I said around, I would say 2005, okay. and then from 2005 it just blossomed. Yeah. Um, and it's still happening right now. So pe- there are a lot of young people. There's there are more t- there's more turnover now. Um, the old folks, the old people that we know, we call them the old timers, and we all know each other. There aren't too many of us around. Mm-hmm we say hello, good morning, you know, how you doing? You're still here. <laughs> you haven't sold out yet. Uh, you know, so it's, that's when we noticed the change. Okay. Um, and there are things about the change that we like and things that we don't like. We like the new stores, we like the new restaurants. You don't have to go to Manhattan, people come here. Um, it's nice, everything you want is here now. You don't have to go to Manhattan. The thing that we don't like is, um, You know, the younger people are coming in, and there's some crime, there's drugs. There's more drugs, I think, than there ever was. But I don't know what it was like back then with the drugs, because I wasn't aware of it. But now we're aware of it. You know, we have a church right in front of us on Eagle Street, and there was a building, uh, actually Martin, Martin's mom used to live there, and um, she passed away, and the building was empty for two years. Up until recently. And these guys, these young white guys, would come and sit and chit chat. Um, and one day I just looked and I looked out the window and they're chit chatting to keep you distracted, I think. But these guys pulled out, like, a, one of them is looking around and he pulled out, like, a, a book or I don't know, something flat and then he put some stuff on it and he, did, he snorted. And, yeah. you know, they're talking and uh, he, he gave his friend the same thing. They cleaned up and then they walked up. And that's the stuff that I, you know, that that we see happening a lot more. It's a lot of the younger people are bringing in the drugs with them. Uh, They're not very friendly. A lot of them are not very friendly. A lot of the young people are not very friendly. But, Mm -hmm. you know, we don't want to be friends with everybody. But it's changed the neighborhood a lot. Yeah. 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 It's changed it. It's not as friendly as it used to be. And like I said, the old timers, we all. Know each other, give each other a nod, and and it's nice, yeah. you know, to still have that. But it's not as yeah as homey as it used to yeah. feel. You had some story about a building or like a building who was here before, but the the incinerator maybe. Hmm. So the incinerator incinerator was pumping at the time. Yeah. Okay. In '78, the incinerator is on, was on the same location as the Newtown. Uh, treatment water treatment place yeah yeah uh yeah there are a lot of buildings that are no longer here <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's uh oh daisy was telling you about the schools <laughs> yeah yeah Yeah. That's, that's so ps34 ps31 PS used to be on um on box street okay which is now a elder home uh that was ps31 as the population was growing and 126 this that were in the namesake was at Meserol by the police precinct that was 126 and if you go you'll still see I think it still says 126 on it so as the PS 31 group of kids were growing that whole population was growing um, and 126 was growing they built this building moved the population from 126 uh, junior high school on 26 to here and then move PS 34, uh, 31, sorry, to the location where it is right now. And, and like I said, that building that was the old PS 31 is now an elder home. If you go to, you'll see, and bringing back some memories, you'll see the boys and girls entrance. Okay. There's a doorway that's bricked off right now and, and you'll see it. Yeah. That's changed, there used to be an incredible From what I hear from Martin's uh, mom, that she passed away, she would have been fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) But maybe Eileen uh, uh, from PS34, I was telling Daisy to to tell her to come Mm -hmm. and talk to you about it. Uh, She'll probably tell you. There was a fantastic French restaurant um, where on Greenpoint, on Manhattan, between Greenpoint closest to. Right now, there is a fruit stand right there. Okay. There's the Investors Bank, and right next to it is an incredible French restaurant. Okay. Um, <laughs> that, that's, that's what I hear. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Come most on. recently, the oldest place that we knew of, of Greenpoint, yeah. is a store that was called Joseph's. Joseph's Appliances and Joseph's Furniture. Um, But right in front, and Manhattan Avenue used to have the trolley, you know, he talked about the trolley. It would go all the way past Joseph's on Eagle Street, so I'm on Eagle. So Joseph had about half of that block uh, on Manhattan, and it was Joseph's appliance and Joseph's furniture. And Joseph's son sold the building, I mean he had horrible furniture there when we moved, uh, because business declined. Uh, but he still had the signs up, okay. and we have, actually my husband has photos of that. Yeah. I'll, I'll submit that to wow. the to the archive. Yeah. Um, we started noticing buildings were coming down, um, and he took photos of that because he wanted to do a project, okay. a watercolor project, which he ended up doing actually, mm-hmm. and some of his work is at Oslo Coffee, okay. uh, the one on Driggs and Roebling, if you want to take a yeah. look at that. His name is Sven Johnson. Okay. <laughs> So he did some of the paintings. Uh, anyway, that was the last building that we knew of. Yeah. And it was torn down uh, about a year and a half ago. And now they're building an eight story high rise there. Okay. Um, that was the last one. But, uh, you know, wh- when they were digging it up, there was, you could see some of the cobblestones. Um, I don't know if Jeffrey Cobb, I don't remember if he mentioned that uh, the. Pulaski Bridge it wasn't called the Pulaski Bridge but that bridge used to be right off of Manhattan Avenue okay. and go into Long Island City oh. until they moved it to where it is right now in McGuinness. Okay. But when they were digging up the uh, they were digging up part of the uh, front of Joseph's uh, about a year ago we could still see some of the cobblestones okay. um, which was really really cool. Yeah. That was really really cool. But that was the last building that we know of Um, and I, I think that store was a very popular store for furniture down that way. Um, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. The, the other place that's, uh, that I remember fondly, like I said, what is the, um, the roller rink. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The roller rink. You could still see the disco ball up there. Uh, that was our last time we did, um, Yeah. It was sad. It was sad to see that place go. <laughs> yeah, when, did it go? when um, did it go? It was probably in 19... I want to say like 1984. Okay, yeah. Um, it was a big store. It was like a big department store. They turned turned it into a store, and the old carpeting was still there, actually. Yeah. Okay. Um, And then, recent, then they turned it... It was a... Somebody bought it over... A pharmacy bought it over, and then that pharmacy was bought over... So that's been a pharmacy. The name changed three times. Okay. Um, but that place was a pretty cool place. Yeah. And Eileen yeah. told me, because I was interested in Greenpoint, Eileen told me that she remembers going to a movie there with her parents. That was in a, a movie theater, yeah. yeah. That was a movie theater. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I can remember little places I'm sure you'll get better stories from them, like the Greenpoint Savings Bank. It's now uh, called Capital One. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's where I got my first bank account. Mm. Uh, I won an award there when I graduated from <laughs> PS 31 with uh, $100, which was amazing for me at the time, because yeah. I showed good citizenship. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was my good citizenship award when I graduated. Um, but yeah, I mean, there are a lot of a lot of the buildings have changed. Um, you know, it's there are a few buildings on Manhattan Avenue that I'm still very happy uh, have not changed, and they're actually right by Peter Pan's. They're the big the brick buildings that have um, the green men on them. Uh, you know what green men are, right? No. Nope. Um, they're like plaques, uh, and they have faces of men making. Some of them are funny faces, okay. but they're supposed to represent, I think they're supposed to represent the weather, like they're blowing. If you look at the building, <laughs> you'll see three, three of them, like on the upper building, the red brick building. Yeah. Very glad that those buildings are not gonna go yeah. down, actually, they're like red brick, okay. the old fashioned red brick. Oh, you know, the other place that was really fun is, um, uh, there was a Chinese restaurant. The first time we ever had Chinese food, uh, the Chinese restaurant is now a club, uh, on mesro Okay. On um, treat days. We had a treat day once a month <laughs> 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 and our treat would be going to that place, walking up the steps, going up to that place and having Chinese food oh. and having chop suey, yeah. which was what is chop suey? <laughs> we would all go there, all six of us, the kids, and my, pant, my mom and dad, and we would have chop suey. Yeah. Because it was a celebration for all of us doing really, really well in school. Yeah. There are yeah, a lot of yeah. other little things that I'm sure I'll remember after yeah, I, remember. <laughs> I talk to you. But if you have like any... I was wondering if you have anything to say to future generations coming to Greenpoint. Do you have any advice? Or yeah, the, yeah. People, I think people should take the time to say hello to their neighbors. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't take that much to give a smile to your neighbor and say hello. You don't have to be friends with them. No, no. It's just a human thing to do. It's, it's not that it's polite. You're, it's your fellow human. Just acknowledge them by, by nodding your head or saying good morning. Yeah. and people don't do that anymore I mean we've got people right next to us we see every day and we try to engage and we've stopped trying to engage because it's you know again for me I think it's, I think it's a racist thing okay. this is in my head yeah. because I'm a person of color my husband is this big 6 foot tall white guy um, um, and some they'll say we've noticed that they'll say hello to him sometimes okay. um, because I've made him aware of it <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, but they yeah. won't say hello to me. But pe- the turn the turnaround there is so quick. It's every year. Yeah. So it depends. But people are not, y- you know, they're not very friendly. Even if we just say good morning, it's like a weird thing to say. It's the weirdest thing to say good morning to somebody. <laughs> yeah. It's just a good morning. Yeah. yeah. And then In you general. go on your way. We don't say hi, what's your name? You know. Yeah. But yeah, just say hello to your neighbor. <laughs> you know, we all live in this big city. Yeah. Uh, you're here for a reason. If you, whether you like it or not, you're here. You're among your fellow men. Just say hello. Yeah. <laughs> Is there any other like event, specific event over the years or like some memory <laughs> that you... The, the piers uh, by India Street going down, yeah. the piers were still actually, they weren't functioning but they were, they were, um, and they weren't completely dilapidated, but you could go out on them. Oh, yeah. um, the wooden piers, now you see the, um, are they called moors? The, the parts that stick up, what are they called? Um, that used to hold the, the pier. Okay. Anyway, those things, we used to walk out, actually. Okay. Um, and that was at, like another break, like Friday afternoons. We would all just go out there. Because um, the view was great and you could actually go down to the water and we didn't know that the water was really polluted and bad You know your your kids even yeah. teenagers at the time teenagers. We didn't, didn't know yeah. you just go to, we didn't swim uh, but we'd go down in the water and pick up things and <laughs> <laughs> But it was nice because you know We were with our parents and then it became just my mom. It was just my mom and she used to do it and she enjoyed it um, just looking out and you know watching, looking at the New York City and the water, you know, we have respect for the water. It's just being out there. That was really, really nice. And the other thing was um, uh, there used to be fairs on, um, um, it's India, India and Huron. They used to, every year they used to have a fair. Um, And so you'd have games, you'd have clowns, you'd have all the things that kids loved, uh, games and food and rides, Um, and they would have it up there. Um, And it just, you know, one year, we would always go, one year it just never happened, and we thought, okay, it's okay, maybe it's too bad, but they never came back, they never came back. And I think my husband, uh, when my husband moved there in 1994 in Greenpoint, um, there was an, a Mexican community that was coming in as well, and there's still a Mexican community there, um, but it was bigger. The Mexican community used to have the Gu- Guadalupe's, uh, uh, it was a fair in honor of their patron saint, which is uh, Saint Guadalupe, I think it is, Guad- Guadalupe, um, right at the end of Manhattan Avenue, um, by the woodworking place. Well, it's no longer a woodworking place, but it's, do you know where I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right yeah. at the end? Yeah. It's a park now? That was not a park. It was the cobbles. Actually, that's where you could have seen the cobble and okay. some of the rails. Yeah. Um, because th- it was at that point that the bridge went over to Long Island City. Yeah. But the, the community there had a uh, Mexican fair, And... Um, yeah, my husband was here at the time in 1994, and uh, they also stopped okay. doing that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, those were those were fun memories actually, because yeah, yeah. we that was one of the memories that sh- he and I shared of Greenpoint, because we were together and we were we went to the that Mexican fair, but not the other one that I was talking about. This was when I was older on Indian Huron, yeah. um, and Argo was an envelope company that was fully functioning there. Okay. Now it's. Um, now it's going to be a luxury tower okay. that they are building right now. Yeah. But there, there's a lot of um, uh, factories that way. There was the Argo paper envelope factory, there was some other um, glue factory. Um, oh, you know, the fun thing is my mom used to work at Leviton. Okay. Levitt, Do you know that? No. So Leviton no. is was it an electrical company, and they made um, uh, those things. Okay. Sockets and... Yeah, yeah, (laughs) sockets and stuff. Yeah. Um, And that was uh, one of the uh, factories where people in this area worked at. Yeah. So they worked at Leviton. They worked at the other um, uh, factories along the water um, or the oil companies that were around here. Um, And so that's where most people were working, actually. And my mom used to walk over to McGinnis, right behind Key Food. That building is now like an artist loft. You don't know that place? No, no. Yeah, it's it's an artist loft. You okay. should check it out yeah, yeah. when they have the art things, uh, you, you know, the art shows, okay. Art Week. Uh, but yeah, there are plenty of people who used to work there. Most of the neighborhood people would uh, work around there. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's <yeah>. a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot, <laughs> yeah. but it's amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much for being yeah, a part yeah. of the Art Streets for Stories project. Yeah, um, yeah, no yeah. problem.